Cool. And so um, before we hand over to Pastor Albert to preach, um, Song will kindly be reading the Bible passage for us today. Cool. So let's get into it. Uh, this is the word, First Peter verse 13 to 21. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perish things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of your life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He has chosen before the creation, he was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Okay, welcome everyone. Uh, nice to see you all. Um, yeah, I'd like to share uh, about this topic called uh, holiness. This is a bit out of the world, you know, still talking about holiness today. Now, there's a book that, that came across, it's called The Presence of the Future. It sounds a bit like a movie, right? But it was about 30 something years ago. And it was a book called, uh, was written by this guy, George Elden Ladd, and uh, still a, a classic today. And it's, it's talking about, you know, living because we're anticipating what's coming ahead and uh, we, how do we actually live in the presence? There was this word called um, um, eschaton. Eschaton is a word called, uh, it really uh, is a Greek word, really means end times. Yeah. So, um, so this is um, a book was reminding us of, of the future of Jesus' return. And because of that hope, how are we going to live in this life? Okay. Uh, it, that that talk, talked a lot about when people with different interpretations of, of, of Jesus coming back and was this um, millennialism and all these kind of stuff. Uh, but but one thing is, is sure that Jesus is coming back. And how are we going to live our life during these times? Okay. Okay. So um, we've read that uh, first. Peter 1, 13 to 21. Um, and, and actually in this, this passage I was talking about, um, um, Peter was reminding the Christians about the salvation that we have. That's done by Jesus in the past. But we also have the hope of his return in the future. We don't know when. Therefore, at, in present times, we are to leave, they were to leave to lead a life that, that, that is to be different to the secular world. So that was the, the message that uh, Peter was addressing the Christians at the time. Okay. And to, for us today, I believe that um, as Christians, because we have received salvation and secured the glorious hope, so we are, we are to live a life different. 
you know, to dedicate ourselves to God in this present world. I think uh, one word that came to me, uh, when you're talking about holiness, we're not talking about perfection. No one can be perfect. You know, after 30-something years as a pastor, I'm no way perfect. You know, uh, I read the question, some of the questions, you know, what do we do in, in, in this, if we keep on sinning in this, in this world? I tell you what, I sin. Okay, so no one's perfect. So not not talking about per, per, perfection, but we're talking about perception. Okay, how do we per, perceive holiness in our lives? Okay, okay. Now the the re recipients of this letter when Peter was writing, it was they were living uh, around the province of Asia. Okay, so there were some places that was uh, actually mentioned in verse one of of First um, Peter one. So there are some places called Asia, not Southeast Asia, but the Asia. That's Asia Minor, Bithynia, Galatia, Pontus, Cappadocia. There were all these names was mentioned in verse one. Okay, so these guys they were actually scattered. Uh, they were Jewish Christians. How they were there? There was maybe. Some, some historical uh, events uh, was maybe due to the Romans uh, diaspora, uh, so they 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 uh, maybe due to persecutions, so they were kind of uh, all scattered around. They were Jews, okay? Jews supposed to be living down at uh, Jerusalem, we see at the bottom of the of the of the map, but they were up there, so they scattered, okay? And they were in poor state because you know you, you're away from home. And you start life all over again. Um, so, but but Peter was writing to them, addressing them, calling holy people saints, even though they are in difficult times, even they even though they you know they're under persecution, but they are still to to be living a, a, a holy life wherever they are. So I think that says to us all, you know. So what is holiness? You know, um, is only guys like Pastor William or, or me, you guys live holy lives, you know, but I, I live in a corporate, I, I work in a corporate world and I can't stay holy, you know, but so what, what, what is holiness? You know, let's have a look, you know, what, what the Bible says about holiness, okay? In chapter one, verse 15, but just as he who called you is holy, okay, so uh, we... Be holy in, in all you do, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. Now, Peter was uh, actually quoting uh, in verse 16, the book of Leviticus, okay? He first, he addressed the Christians at that time, like, you got to be holy. Why? Because God is holy. And then he double quoted uh, the Old Testament again, because that, uh, that was the basis that of of his saying, you know, because God said that. Now, when in Leviticus um, 16, it was, it was God was addressing the Israelites at the time as they were entering Canaan, because the, there was many, many ethnicities in there, many people worshipping different gods, and there was, you know, the way of lives was very, very immoral, okay? So they worship idols, they had, and, and because Involving with these kind of worships, there was adultery, and and even there was there was babies, newborn babies, offering to to their idols for human sacrifices, and and, and God knew, 
you know, when Israelites enter into the land, they could have been very much influenced by them. That's why God warned them, don't do anything like them. Be holy because I, the Lord, your God is holy. Okay, so what is holiness? Holiness in its original meaning means to cut or to separate. Okay, so you are to cut off or to separate yourself from the people around you. Do not do anything like them. Why? Because God is holy. God is set apart. So, so the Bible's um, in a description of holiness is absolute. It's, it's of God's attribute. It's not man's definition. It's not man's doing. It's God. And, and holiness is one vital and primary attribute of God. Okay? So that's absolute. There is no negotiation about it. There's, there's nothing to do with sin, nothing to do with filth. And to be like God, we, we, we have to be like him, to, to cut off from the rest. But then you, you ask, okay, God is holy, but why am I to be holy? I'm not God. It's okay for God to be holy, but I'm not God. How, why should I be holy? And I know I can't. I'll never attain holiness. You've said that. I've said that, right? But if I know I can't attain that, why do I still need to walk in that path? Okay. In one, chapter 1, verse 18. Because, because it says that, for you know it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from the, your ancestors but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for his sake. Now, there was two important words there. One is redeemed, okay, redeemed, and redeemed from what? From the empty way of life. Okay, what is, what is, uh, get back to the, the, the last one, please. Uh, this is, yeah. Now, redeem, it, 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 it means a ransom, okay? It was the original word. Um, it was like um, a slave market during the time um, when there were people for sale in the market, okay? You don't, you know, you go buy chicken or you go buy fish in the market today, okay? But during those times, it was live human, okay? Slaves on sale. So you you, you buy, you know, negotiate, you auction, you know, and you you. you Get this guy as your property, okay? You pay that price, and that price is called the ransom price. And it's this word, redemption, redeem. So we are actually bought by Christ from being a slave of sin. From Because we were slave of sin, we were living in empty, way, empty ways of life, Okay. Because that's why, that's why, because we, we are no longer us. We have been bought. We have been redeemed. That's why, and because Christ is the Holy Lamb of God without blemish or defect. That's why we are to, we belong to him. And because he's a holy, holy God, and, and we have no choice. 
All right, we have no choice. We belong to him. Just like uh, what Alana just let us sing just before. I really like that song. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Death has lost its grip on me. All right. Because Christ has set me free and because death no longer has, has its grip on me, we have to follow this holy God. We're not, we're not living the, the empty way of life just like what we did previously. Okay. And because the king of kings calls me his own. And that's why I follow him. Because he's a holy God, I know I cannot be holy, perfectly holy. I, again, I say it's not perfection. No one's perfect. But it's my perception of following this holy God. Now, there's this um, the story about Israel and, and his God in, in Ezekiel 16. Was, was, I thought it was a very vivid illustration. Um, it was saying there was a baby abandoned in a field, Ezekiel 16, okay? A baby was abandoned in a field in a pool of blood. I think Venus could identify with that. And the navel cord was not even cut. You know, a baby was like that, abandoned in a field. What, 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 what's his, his destiny? Awaits death. But a stranger came along. He felt pity on, upon her. I, would, I don't know why he would feel pity upon her. The, the baby, you know, I would feel, oh, yuck, I would just walk away. But God is full of mercy and compassion. He picked her up, washed her, nurtured her, gave the best to her, even to commit a covenant with her. And Israelite, they should know that was the God, Yahweh. And because of that, the king of kings calls her his own. That's why they are to belong to Yahweh, God, because God has bought them and made a covenant with them. That's why the Old Testament, again, 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 there was this phrase, the Holy One of Israel. That's why Israel had no choice but to follow their Holy God. Today, Jesus has bought us with a heavy price. He's redeemed, he redeemed us with his life. And because we, are, we, we belong to him, and it's, there's no choice for us but to follow his holy way. All right? Thirdly, how? How are we going to live holy life? Is it easy? Of course it's not easy. If it's easy, you just push the button. Because it's not easy, that's why we need to commit ourselves to God. And is it possible? Yes, I believe it's possible. It's not easy, but I believe it's possible. When God calls us to do something, I believe it's possible. He won't call us to do something that's impossible. You know, God doesn't trick us, right? Uh, you know, for, for me living in, in this world for 63 years, I, I, I tell you what, when God says yes, it's yes, all right? Not, not saying that well, I can do it all, every time, all the time. I fail at times, yes. But is it possible? yes. I'll give a testimony later. Okay. All right. Um, how do we live a holy life? Verse 18 again. Not with perishable things such as silver or gold. Nothing that's man-made. Nothing in this world. In verse 19. With the precious blood of Christ. A lamb without blemish and defect. is Jesus. 
in Isaiah chapter 35, verse 8, it was a very interesting phrase. Uh, phrase. It says that um, uh, in a highway, the next slide, please, and a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on this way, on that way, the unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about it. Okay. Now, the, 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 the prophets was, was giving the promise of God. Well, actually, God gave the promise to through the prophet to the people of Israel, Israel you know, because they were exiled. They were deported in Babylon. Okay. God said, I will, I will build this highway for you to return. Okay. And this way is called a way of holiness. And for those who walk in that way, it's my people, my people willing to repent and come back to me. The unclean, the, the fool will not walk on it. And this is a promise of God. And, and, and in the New Testament, we see this way of holiness is Jesus. And Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And, be, and, and only through Jesus we come to the Father. Okay, so how are we going to walk on this, this way of holiness? Uh, the Bible has given us uh, hints. Now, now, I mean, holy, it's not these kind of holy roles, okay? Um, um, in Southeast Asia, when we used to go to uh, these um, uh, short, short mission trips, you know, the, the paths, the roads are like that. You know, the local missionary says, oh, you know, we our roads are very holy. We've got holy roads here. And all the time we sit on this um, uh, this four-wheel drive or whatever, you know, just every time we just get bumped, bumped, bumped all the way to an hour, 60 minutes, uh, 80 minutes, two hours to, to the destinations. And after we got there, we kind of <laughs> pretty tired, okay? But I think this this shows us that, you know, the path of holiness, not necessarily straight and easy. It can be windy. It can be bumpy. It can, it can be ups and downs. But precisely because of that, we learn to trust in God. We don't trust in ourselves. Okay, what the Bible's given us the four, four, four areas we can consider. How do we lead holy lives? Uh, for us to remember, so H-O-L-Y, one, H is heart, um, O is obedience, L for loyalty, and Y for yearning. Okay, let's look at each one of, of them briefly. Heart, through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. You know, now the, the word, the, 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 the emphasis is on belief, okay? Why use heart? Because belief is not just with your with our head knowledge, you know. Oh, I believe uh, something is possible. I believe something is not good. Now that's our that's through our heart to discern. But belief is more than just um, just you know discernment or uh, to 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 judge whether this is good or not. You know, to believe, we need to believe through in our heart and, in fact, uh, will impact the whole of our beings, right? Um, yeah, in verse 5, it's, in chapter 1, says, through faith, we're shielded by God's power. In verse 7, that faith needs to be tested. In verse 9, it was the result of a faith. It was salvation for our souls. So faith uh, it penetrates our hearts, our whole being. That That is the first ingredient of, of for us to lead to lead a holy life we need to trust we need to 
truly believe and enter into this relationship with God with daily trust so that we, we are enabled to walk on this holy path. All right. Next one. Um, obedience. I, I trust in God, Lord. But when God says something, I need to obey. I can't just trust in God and, and I fully trust him, but I disobey him. That, I mean, that's, that's, that's absurd. You know, that's, that's not good. So in verse 13, therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus is revealed and is coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Now, with this word alert, um, actually, in King James, it was actually the word for gird up your loins of your mind. Okay, and in the original language, it was actually an illustration of the people of the of Asia at the, Asia at the time. They were actually wearing long robes, you know, like um, and Chinese too as well. You know, if you've seen some old Chinese operas, you know, they were very 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 loose um, robes. You know, they would walk about, and it's okay. You know, it's it's kind of a yeah. It shows that you're a good, well-to-do. You know, wearing long robes, but. It's okay when you like, you know, you go have coffee with people and you walk about uh, and and meeting friends, but but you can't you can't do that when you exercise or, or when you when you have to um, work or or when you somebody suddenly attacks you and you have to come back, you have to gird up that lawn, you have to tuck in that rope, and this is the word here, with the minds that are alert. I think Christians we need to be alert of God's will for us. And, and in verse 14, it says that as obedient children, we need, to, we need to conform to God, but not to our own evil desires. We need to obey. We are the ch- we're children of obedience. We're not children of evil desires. So, heart, obedience, and thirdly, Loyalty. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. We need to be loyal with reverent fear to God. Okay. Now that reverent fear, that fear actually is the word uh, in Greek is phobos. Phobos is the word and today in English is phobia, okay? We need to have that fear to God because God is awesome God. We need to come to God with that, that, that awe, you know, that, that attitude and, by, and recognizing God's, he's everywhere. He's with us. He, knew, he reads my heart. You know, before we commit anything, we do anything, even our hearts, he knows in the middle of the night when no one around, what am I doing? What am I doing with my computer? What am I doing with, with, my, with my heart? Thinking. God is watching. We need to come to him with reverent fear. And lastly, yearning. 
And Paul, uh, Peter was describing this vibrant hope. In verse 13, therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed in his coming. He is coming, the presence of the future. Because of the future, we live with hope in this presence. In verse 21, and so that your faith and hope are in God. We have hope because Jesus will return. We yearn for that day. And you know that word Maranatha? Maranatha is Jesus come. That's the, the very last word in, 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 in the book of Revelations. Maranatha, Jesus come. We have that hope. And yeah, that's nothing. And because of the hope, we have the we have that assurance. Times are difficult. You know, I mean, you, if we think New Zealand is bad enough, you think about other parts of the world. We pray for the persecuted Christians in in those um uh, lock in those um countries that that you know people uh, the 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 they're like very much against the church. But because of the hope, and actually the book of Revelation was writing, uh, it was very, very, you know, with a lot of images, a lot of uh, visions, you know, because at that time they needed that. And God knew. And because they, they, with visions and dreams and all these symbols, they know, they see one day Jesus will return. And that's the hope that God gives to us all. So because of heart, Obedient, loyalty, and yearning. With these four aspects, it helps us to learn to, to walk this path, this way of holiness. Yep, again, I said it's not per uh, perfection. No one is. But how do we perceive a perception of holiness, of this holy God? It's actually a, a month ago today. What's the time now? 5.30. I'm actually at the rest home uh, five, four weeks ago and actually witnessing my, my mom dying. Okay. We received a call around about four o'clock that uh, the rest home nurse said, oh, your mom actually um, need, needed oxygen. Um, there was actually a few days prior to that that she was not eating, you know. Um, so uh, that about four o'clock a month ago, I went to the hospital. When I went to the rest home and witnessing the, the dying process actually um it was it was sad but but it was a very healing process for me okay to cut the story short um so yeah she just passed away about 7 30 very peacefully and we're, we're thanking god uh, that all her life she's been very blessed but I, I want to share a little bit about mom's journey i can share the next slide yeah see this is mom okay in the middle and my 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 sister aunt uh sandra okay and you can see Auntie Claudia at the back there, and Tommy, and you see Pastor James. Now, this is an earlier part of the PCBC. I, I was actually still in Hong Kong. I was invited back. This is Chosen Valley. I was invited back uh, to, pre uh, to share something about young youth ministry. Okay. Now, mom, mom, where she was, um, she came to New Zealand about uh, uh, next year, she'll be 60 years coming came to New Zealand. And early migrants had this really tough life, okay? And uh, 
Yeah, and, and she was because she was a widow and she was being looked down. So, and she really had to strive very hard. And 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 even, you know, even even yeah, all the ways that she just thought that was her determination, it was her her diligence, but really it was God all the way. And I'm really, really very thankful that she realized that. And eventually, when we got baptized on the same day, uh, 16th of December, 1979. It's 40 something years ago now. But one thing was very interesting. Um, she, was, she was living her empty ways of life, okay? Early migrants, nothing much to do. So she was really, really hooked, addicted to mahjong, da mahjong, you know. She could play three days tonight and 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 just work and sleep, slept two hours and woke up and work, prepare food because we were running a takeaway business. And then she went into this mahjong table again. And the, the the money, the ups and downs was quite 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 a bit, okay. But interesting was when she came to know the Lord she, after she baptized, Jesus said, "I think God doesn't." like me to, to carry on like this. This is not pleasing to God. I said, oh, wow, mom. Yeah, it was, it was hard for me to tell her, you know, but, but it was good that God told her himself. And she just said, uh, but it's hard to rip it off for it. Yeah, okay, we will pray for you, mom. And, uh, but she, she just, she shook it off in a year's time. Never again. She gambled on Mahjong again. And, to displace that with singing hymns, reading the Bible, and sharing the gospel. And, and before, you know, in, in, in Dunedin, the Chinese, there was a Chinese church there, but there was, there, only, it was hard, there was no pastor, there was nobody. It was hardly, there was only meeting once a month. And, and mom and me just decided we, we, we invite our relatives to come to our home to meet the, the, the rest of the three Sundays. And there you go. From then on, she was no turning back. And I was so very grateful for, for mom. Now, I'm not talking about per perfection again, right? But I'm talking about she was willing to submit. She, she perceived that the holiness of God, she doesn't want to offend the, the holy God. And, and she wants to submit. Yeah, that's, that's a testimony. You know, is it possible? I believe it is. For her, that was that was something she had to, to to submit and learn. And I'm sure there are challenges for each and every one of us. Next one, next slide, please. Yeah, and that's that's today. You know, we say goodbye to mom and, and now we'll see her in heaven. And I'm sure she's pleased to see her Lord. The presence of the future. What are we thinking? What are we thinking now in this day? The next slide. Can we have the next next yeah? So what 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 kind of mentality do I do I have towards this path of holiness? Certainly, it's not my 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 own pursuits, and not my understanding, but God's definition. And it's not my strength, ability to to you know to to strive. It is Him. And what hinders me from being holy? Maybe something in me? I think we know that. 
if I fail, surely we fail. What did what do we do? My experience is get up, let Jesus pick me up again and walk again. Because he in him there is the promise if I confess my sin, honestly confess my sin, he will forgive. The blood of Christ will cleanse away my sin. And he will lead me on this way of holiness. And all my life commit to him. And one day in the future, when Jesus comes back. This is my sharing with you today. Can we pray? And then we have some Q&A, okay? Father God, just thank you that you are holy God. In you, there is this absolute holiness. Um, yeah, we are, we are sinful people. But so, so amazing, Lord. You, you, you will pick me up. You picked us up. You will cleanse us. You bought us with a price. And you called us your own. Father, we don't deserve it. Never with any of our abilities or any of, of, of our, our strength that we can attain what we, what we have today. And you even call us saints. Father, we just want to thank you. I just pray, Lord, um, to, to, to help us. Yeah, even though we are imperfect, even though we, we stumble and fall. But Lord, because you have, you have prepared this way for us, Lord, we have confidence in you in you, in the cross alone, not in our own, own strength, that we'll walk in this path of holiness until Jesus' glorious return. In your mighty and precious name we pray. Amen. So... Feel free to keep posting questions because, again, we might be able to answer them, you know, in groups or otherwise afterwards if we don't, even if we don't have time. Um, so first question, I think it's kind of hard. <laughs> but in your opinion, and both of you can answer, what do you think is one of the most difficult things to stay holy in in this day and age? You should go I first, Pastor Albert. I've, 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 I've spoken for the last 20 30 minutes <laughs> all right oh, man. <laughs> uh oh I, I just yeah really helpful um insights from the sermon for myself and my own heart um i've been reading hebrews and it says here in hebrews 12 14 it says yeah. make every effort to live in peace with all people and to be holy without holiness no one will see the lord yep. and then the first example he gives is sexual immorality so i think um I think in our day and age, yeah, sex is, you know, is, is not a gift. It's a, it really is worshipped. And so I think in our day and age, um, I think that's a particular challenge. Um, how do we stay, you know, whether it's chastity or purity and singleness or faithfulness in marriage when, yeah, almost every TV show tells us the opposite or sells us the opposite. I think that's hard. Um, and actually another one, which actually the, the writer in Hebrews also points out, he says this verse in the end of his letter, um, keep your lives from the love of money, you know, and be content. And I think actually that's probably another area and where maybe you might feel this a little bit more and it's more subtle, but um, just the fact that, oh, you know, people are buying houses. How come I'm not? Or, oh, they're, they're making and tripling their money on with Bitcoin. Why, why am I not? You know, that sort of thing. I think those are two areas, I think, which are particularly difficult. Yeah. I don't know what you think, Pastor Albert. 
Yeah, I really like actually uh, Dr. Yuan, what, what he said last Wednesday. You know, um, it's not about heterosexuality or homosexuality. It's, it's holy sexuality that, you know, I think all sex, sex is all perverted through media today. You just ask any ladies, would you just, you know, somebody, a guy would just come kissing and she, you know, started from struggling and then she just looked like a sheep? No, I don't think so. This is all being all very perverted. So I think um, we need to run away from this, uh, what the media presents, you know, this, this kind of a fantasy and look at reality. And the only reality you find is from the word of God. How do young people stay away from sin? It's from the word of God, Psalm 106, you know? Yeah, I think, I think, yeah. Um, it's a, obviously, it's a constant challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Not to conform to this world. Mm. Thank you. Um, so thank, thank you for answering the next question during the sermon. <laughs> so we can skip over that one. But, um, yeah, someone has just messaged me and I'd like to ask, how can we help someone believe or understand that no sin is too great for God to forgive? Um, I think it's, you know, sometimes if you're stuck in some sin um, that you find it difficult to get out of, yeah, you can feel quite s- stuck. And what would you say to that person? Well, I think it's not what I say. <laughs> it's what God say, right? Because that all sins are pardonable except for the, what was that, what's that phrase in English? Uh, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah, we heard yeah, that in the pardonable. Yeah, Bless, blaspheming the Holy, Holy Spirit. And I think every sin, if we're willing to acknowledge, yeah, that's what I said. That's what I said. No, we're not talking about perfection. I would get caught, you know, that actually has to do with uh, question three, you know. My, my, one of the, my weakness, you, if you come across one day, you see me driving, I get agitated if somebody's doing something silly thing to me. If you want a day, Phoenix, you kind of, you know, driving nearby me and you see, oh, that's Pastor Albert. Good <laughs> God. Why does it, why does it do that? And now, that would be my challenge, you know? Yeah. I mean, no one's perfect, but, but we need to constantly. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, friend. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's my challenge. Yeah, but we need to continue to perceive ourselves to continue to continue to walk in this this holy path. Yeah. And I think what Pastor Albert told us from, from the message earlier, like it's not that we were bought with you know silver or gold. We were bought yeah. by the precious blood of Christ. So that's the gospel, isn't it? And so. Um, for every one look at yourself and how you fail and you sin, uh, a friend used to tell me, every one look at yourself, ten, take 10 looks at Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, there, you know, just whether you're just looking at him and his character, what he's like, uh, there we have both the power and also the, the pattern of life to, yeah, to fight sin, to, to live differently. Yeah. And yeah, there is grace because, uh, you know, our sins are, yeah, they're many, but his mercy is more. Yeah. Um, and the last question, um, also um, it's just message through, how does God tell us or how does he let us realize when we're not being holy? 
I think we know. We know we're not being holy. And I think partly, I think because we have new life, receive new life, we should be very sensitive to sin. And also because of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, because it's holy. Anything is not holy, we know. Unless we kind of gotten so used to the, the, this pattern that we ignore the, the inspiration of the Spirit. And that will be a dangerous, dangerous state. Yeah, and um, so what Pastor Albert described is um, what some people call the conscience. So, um, so God gives us the gift of a conscience. It's, think of it as your conscience as your guilt sensor, you know. And as, as with any sensor, you know, it can get dirty and dulled. And then, so, and sin dulls it. The more you sin, the more your conscience gets weakened and weakened. You know, the more I look at porn, the less I think it's a problem, for example. The more I shop online, the less I think uh, I'm getting addicted and that sort of thing. So it's dulled by sin, now conscious, but it can be sharpened by the Holy Spirit as, as you, you sit in this word, as you hear what really is true. I think actually God gives us two other gifts that I can mention as well. One is the community of God's people. So how do we know? Sometimes, yeah, one of the kindness uh, of God is actually maybe groups or friends, brothers and sisters of the Lord who can come alongside you and, you know, and hopefully gently say, hey, you know, I think what you're doing there, um, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure that would please God or that would really help you to really represent him well. And so that could be another help. Um, and then in an ironic way, actually suffering sometimes actually magnifies what's in your heart. So um, I know that, you know, when, I went through, you know, a difficult time when my mum passed away. Actually, it really amplified in my heart, you know, what, what am I living for? Um, uh, is this an excuse for me to be selfish and sin? Or um, is this going to be an option for me to, yeah, to, to, to look differently? Yeah. And so for some people, actually suffering is actually a turning point in their life and reveals to them, you know, whether there are things in their life they need to repent and to change. Yeah. Yeah. 